Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. A shot of economic reality. I thought this was interesting. It was a post I saw on, on X by Aaron Wren, who's I don't know him personally. He's written a book. He's got an interesting cat on conversations about civility, and I certainly don't agree with him politically on a whole host of things. But he posted on uh, on on X, right? It used to be Twitter. Should still be Twitter. The whole name is ridiculous. Posted about a condo for sale. Normally, who would I be to pay attention to it to a condo? Um, it's a three-bedroom, two-bath condo. At North and Lakeshore in Chicago. Many of you know know Chicago. You know the area I'm talking about. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. What's going on, everybody? 833-468-8669. 833-GOT-TONY. Give a call. Love to talk to you. This is a condo that is, is, was it right near? Right near Chess Pavilion. Was that right near the museum? North North Boulevard and Lakeshore, yeah. So uh, near near Northside, south of Lincoln Park. Um, that's as good as I can do. Looking at a map, understanding Chicago. It's a three bedroom, two bath, eighteen hundred and fifty square foot apartment. I'm looking at the pictures right now. It's got a little bit of a view. The kitchen has marble. It has a washer and dryer. The washer and dryer actually in the kitchen. Very European. It's a nice looking place. It is a nice looking place that has got the view. It's been mostly redone. It's got a little bit of an urban touch, urban feel to it. It sold for $393,000. That would make me stop as well. Exactly how much is Chicago on fire? And can we take this and apply this as a conversation about cities writ large? That they're all on fire. That there is uh, a, a massive push. Massive push to get out of the cities as quickly as one can. Who can stay? In what world would a three-bedroom, two-bath, 1,800-square-foot condo in Chicago, in an area you, you, you wouldn't mind being in, go for less than $400,000? How much more of a story do you need to be told that the cities are failing? That cities across the country 
are failing. A failing city is not proof that one needs an authoritarian hand. Failing cities are proof that the political apparatus or apparatchik at play doesn't provide a value. I, I'm going to get into this. I've gotten into this. I've got more to say about this, this, this topic. I, I, I didn't know I would have a theme. Every now and again, I do. and Because you, you find these stories and they're not the same story, but they're kind of repetitive of, a, of, a, of an idea of, an, of, a, of a, they're telling you something, I should say. If people don't want to accept that the cities of America have failed the cities of America, well, then what's this? A three-bedroom, two-bath condo for less than $400,000. Well, Tony, what that is finally is that it's housing that some people can afford, but really it should be less, and we should make sure that all of these apartments and all of these condos are at prices people can afford. My gosh, there shouldn't be a condo that costs more than $82,000. Best of luck building your city. Best of luck. I won't argue that there are some cities where it's just too expensive. When I lived in California, it took me a while to understand that I did not have to worry about how I was going to afford the mortgage. The mortgage company had to figure out how to give me the mortgage. It's a super, super weird thought process. Now, I was hoping beyond hope of a cut that a couple things would work out for me and they didn't and I didn't get the house and and I, I will admit that while there was a house I was trying to get in Simi Valley uh that if I had gotten it it would have taken it would have taken huge amounts of pressure to get me to move out it had the land it had the pool it had the view of the mountains and of this cavern below me it was it was it was a it was the dream for me this is what i was looking for but nothing worked out and i couldn't afford the house and some things that were supposed to close didn't close you don't want to know every aspect of my life it's 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 enough it's 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 good it's fine but when i was looking at the house the house then them in california was was a decade ago the house was what, $800,000, I don't know, maybe somebody would be like, oh, that's it? Um, California prices, exactly. And I always said, how in the world is this going to work? Mortgage companies showed me how it was going to work. Don't get me wrong, it was going to be a payment. But their job was to figure it out. Because they had to get the house sold. I always thought that was kind of amazing. So we can make the argument that there are places that are too expensive. Clearly, California is outrageously expensive. Outrageously expensive. Unnecessarily expensive. Fake a market expensive. Ridiculous stuff. But you know, that's not the thing that caused people to move out. It's not that the housing was too expensive. It's that life itself was too expensive. There wasn't enough value for what they were getting. When I saw that the actor Nick Searcy just moved out of Cal, I don't know if you know Nick or not. Nick is an absolutely wonderful guy. And I saw the post, uh, see a Burbank. 
I said, oh, man. We are getting to the stages where someone's going to have to turn off the lights before they leave, and that will be the last person out, and that person is coming soon. A guy like this, Nick Searcy, from Justified on FX, you've seen his movies, you've seen his, his you, you follow him on, on, on Twitter X, you, you've seen his work. He doesn't leave that place for no reason. He leaves that place, and this is me saying it, I, I did not engage with him on it. You leave that place because it became too difficult. Not too expensive, although that's a part of the difficulty. It became too difficult. Isn't that the story of Chicago? Chicago is, for all us Midwest folk, Chicago's kind of awesome. The art scene in Chicago is fantastic. The food scene in Chicago is fantastic. The feel of that city walking along the river is fantastic. And slowly but surely, week after week and month after month and year after year and mayor after mayor, progressive mayor after progressive mayor, it just got to be too difficult. I was scheduled, this was last spring, to go to, I think it was Whiskey Fest in Chicago. I had the media passes. I had the early access. I had everything. I was going to take Eat, Drink, Smoke, my cigar and bourbon show. Fingers Malloy and I were going to drive up, spend an overnight, get there early, be sipping bourbon, talking to fancy people, (laughs) living the good life. And then when the time came, we were like, "Eh, I have no interest in going to Chicago. Whiskey Fest. The bourbon was paid for. Didn't go. When I first moved here, when we couldn't afford real vacations, we would take the kids and we would do a weekend in Chicago. Usually in a place that had, uh, the hotel had an indoor pool. Because then, you, you know, you could come back after the day because the kids could only handle so much. And the kids would swim and they were like, this is the coolest thing that's ever happened to us. And you're like, this is kind of this is kind of good. This is kind of relaxed. Okay, we can afford to do this. Not too shabby. Good on us. The last two trips, the last two times we've thought about it, I should say, we were like, eh, nah. My youngest and I once drove to Chicago for Garrett's popcorn. We drove, grabbed the popcorn, Drove home. Didn't even stay. Didn't hang out. I think it was, it was the, I think it was the Christmas before COVID. And, and it was Christmas Eve. It was like nine degrees. But we drove up for the day to get some popcorn. Which is, you know, a fun thing to do. I don't know if we do that today. The cities have failed. And the cities have become too difficult. And that is because all of these cities, whether it be Chicago or San Francisco or Los Angeles or New York or Indianapolis, 
They are connected by their progressive politics. And their progressive politics make things too difficult. It does not take a brain surgeon. It does not take any level of skill to note the connectivity. Just admit it. Some people say it's too too expensive. Some people say it's too dangerous. But the truth is it's too difficult. It's the reason you never go to that one restaurant in the strip center because it's too hard to pull into the damn parking lot. I got to make a left. I got to go over traffic and then it's kind of crap. Forget it. Let's just go to the place we usually go to. You know how many restaurants fold, go out of business because the parking lot is simply too difficult to navigate? That's Chicago. The parking lot's too difficult to navigate. It's just too difficult. You want to be the mayor of a city? Make it easier. You make it easier by making it safer. You make it easier by ensuring that the basics are handled. Trash pickup, snow removal, things like that. You make it easier by being welcoming. You make it easier by not pushing an increase in taxes or areas that have special tax zones. You make it easier by not saying, hey, criminal element, you're more than welcome. We won't prosecute you. Don't do that. Prosecute the criminals and say we are tough on crime here. Enjoy the streets. Enjoy our city. Have a great time. Knock yourself out. Spend all of your money in all these cafes and all these businesses, this, that, and the other, and set up your business here and employ people here. But if you commit a crime, you're going to jail, kitten. That's how we do. Make it easier for people to work and enjoy. And yes, it's true. One of the things that will happen is the three-bedroom, two-bath condo, 1,850 square feet on North Lakeshore Drive, that will go for more than $393,000. It'll probably go for $600,000. And you'll say, my gosh, this place is unaffordable. For some, it will be. Remember, there are no solutions. There are only trade-offs. But you'll have a city that more people can come into and enjoy. You want to know what progressives do? They make life too difficult. It's one of the reasons why I'm not a progressive. I'm Tony Katz. Dow is down 145. The Nasdaq is down 130. And so it goes. And so it goes. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. 833-468-8669-833. Got Tony. That's how you get to be a part of the show. Nintendo is down 6% because the Switch 2 is getting delayed to 2025. Well, that's got to make you miserable, Nintendo. That's a reason enough to be down, which means 
They're going to delay this so it passes Christmas? Oh, nobody wants that. Nobody wants that. And the, the, the switch that, that that's out there is, what, it's like seven years. It's been around and been in existence. My kids love it. I play Fortnite on it. I play by controller. What? What? Don't don't you judge me. I can get the victory royale like nobody's business. I can't build worth a damn, though. Tell your kids. Tony cannot build at all. Like the, the ones who can speed build, those people are freaks. I think it's cheating. Uh, it's also cheating when you can get like a bot to work with you. That's that's nonsense. And the medallions are ridiculous. All right, I've said enough. I've said I've said too much. I'm done here. That's an interesting story about Nintendo. That they're gonna miss they're gonna miss the holiday season. That is something. Uh, there is a story, of course, that the Houthi rebels engaged in another attack in the Red Sea, causing the crew of a cargo ship to abandon ship. The uh, crew uh, is uh, safe. The Houthis saying that the ship uh, the ship suffered catastrophic damage in the Gulf of Aden. This can be translated a different way. All that talk about the U.S. and the U.K. going after the Houthi rebels and fighting back and ensuring the navigable seas for all of us, ah, maybe not. The Houthis have to be taken out. And that can be translated as, we're at war with Iran even if we don't understand that Iran is at war with us. Or we're at war with Iran, or we don't understand that because we have yet to be honest about the fact that Iran is at war with us. And they are. And they are. So uh, is our plan to continue to believe that somehow this isn't happening, the U.S. striking back? As reported by Fox News, you've got five different self-defense strikes that have taken place. If they, the Houthi rebels, remember the Houthis are with Iran and they're involved in this proxy war against Saudi Arabia via the civil war in Yemen, it is a, it is a, a horror show. But if they can stop ships from sailing, they will prevent, and they can prevent other ships from sailing in those areas. That changes how we buy goods at the local store because it's how we get the goods. You can talk about drones and you can talk about robotics from now until the end of time. You need a ship that is manned by men and women to get from point A to point B and to be sure that other ships can get from point A to point B because it doesn't matter how good the virtual world is, toilet paper has to exist in real life. I don't know how I don't know how else to say this. But there are some things you just can't do virtually. Some things require the assistance of the product and the product might get shipped from point A to point B and that has to happen safely. Otherwise it's going to cost more. We already know that with Maersk, which is a massive shipper, M A E R S K, a container that used to cost $2400 to rent now costs $10,000 to rent. And another attack 
means more ships saying we're going to go around this way. We're going to avoid this. It's going to cost more in gas. It's going to cost more in, in the manpower. Therefore, you're going to pay more for your product when it gets landed. I'm Tony Katz. Do you think there comes a point where the public, or at least the persuadable part of the public, sees the impact of these fines and maybe it starts to make them a little nervous about Donald Trump? Um, first, can I just pause? And I have no idea what Trump's cologne would smell like, for, first of all. Um, I mean, it could smell like bankruptcy. I don't know what he's sponsoring his cologne as in this course of this uh, selling this. Um, I think you're right to focus on the persuadable public because we basically have 90 percent of the public locked in, which is 44, 45 percent totally with him, 44, 45 percent totally against him, with about 10 percent left that's going to ultimately decide this election in the key states here. I think it could have this all of these you know, judgments against him can have effect on him in three different ways, I think, politically in this. It's first is it's a constraint on his ability on spending money in the campaign. If he was going to use any personal assets or if he's going to seek money from other people in order to help him pay this, that constrains his political campaign. I think the idea of getting political advice from Matthew Dowd is in and of itself proof that a network is unserious. And when MSNBC goes to Matthew Dowd and he makes some snide joke about Donald Trump cologne smelling like bankruptcy, you're supposed to just change the channel and say, okay, we're done here. But no, my job is to actually listen to this nonsense so I can share with you the nonsense that's being said out there in an effort to try and, I'm not even sure what, because it's not just about winning an election. It's about destroying a different party. Second is, does he begin to be titled as a criminal or as a lawbreaker in this? And that, I think, could ultimately have impact on that 10 percent. But I think most important is is the impact on his brand. And his brand has been built in two ways, successful businessman and winner. And all of these lawsuits and all of these judgments basically hurt both of those. And one, he keep, continues to lose in case after case after case. Oh, good Lord, Matthew Dowd. It's it's not just embarrassing that you missed what's happening. It's that you're so proud that you missed it. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Good to be with you. And by the way, my, my apologies. I was discussing uh, the, the market. I was giving you how it closed on Friday. It's President's Day. Markets are not open today. Although uh, the story I was sharing with you with the Houthi rebels, that's that's today's uh, story so i just I, I should have engaged that with more clarity and i apologize and i and i thank those on x who reached out i was like hey the market's closed absolutely positively correct Th- that much is 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 true and and i appreciate it allow me however to get to just a just a quick on on president's day there is no worse named holiday ever i don't celebrate presidents in toto I could celebrate specific presidents of specific achievements. I don't celebrate Franklin Delano Roosevelt. 
I don't celebrate the New Deal. I don't celebrate the pivot that led to really uh, the abusive nature of today's government. Nope. I don't do that. Not interested in celebrating President's Day. Thank you very much. Good night. Let us discuss what happened to Donald Trump and this uh, decision. This $355 million decision against Trump where now I'm supposed to listen to pseudo-intellectuals like Matthew Dowd and say, you see, this is going to hurt Trump's brand because people are going to think I'm a loser. The loser is us. Donald Trump was brought to this trial by Letitia James, the attorney general of New York, who ran for office by saying, I'm going to go after a specific person. Not I'm going to be hard on crime. Not I'm going to go after abuses of, 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 uh, of government. Not, not, no, no, no. Nothing concrete in terms of ideas or philosophies. I'm going to go after Donald Trump. She was elected by the people of New York to attack a citizen. If you're okay with that, congratulations, you're part of the problem. If you're okay with that, if you're okay with that level of abuse, you're the authoritarian you keep warning about. Everybody always wants to tell me, oh, be careful of Trump. Oh, be careful if you elect Trump. Trump's a strong man. Oh my gosh, you elect Trump. It's going to be the worst thing in the world. He can't be trusted. That man is such a danger to democracy. You elected a woman who said, I'm going to use the power of the office to go after a citizen. Tell me more about abuse. Would you please? Tell me more about abuse. Representative Benny Thompson, you have something to say? I'm not surprised, but I'm really disappointed that there are still so many people in this country who somehow see this person as a viable choice to be the Republican nominee for president of the United States. Who are they supposed to vote for? Hey, listen, we could have had Ron DeSantis, but here we are. Oh, and I'll get into Nikki Haley's dreams, uh, her fever dreams, coming up in a little bit. I'm disappointed that anybody thinks Joe Biden is actually in charge. I'm disappointed in anybody who thinks that all of these conversations and all of these indictments somehow are rational, lined up one right after each other, and not actually election interference. I'm disappointed by people's ignorance too, Benny Thompson, just in different ways. So Letitia James goes after Trump. Letitia James makes the claim as attorney general of New York that Trump engaged in in fraud because when he was applying for loans, he overinflated the value of his assets. He made himself look better on paper than he really was economically made himself look too good, and therefore he got, wait for it, favorable loan rates. What? 
Well, yeah, yeah. See, see the, 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 the banks lent him money, but if they knew that he wasn't worth that much, they probably would have charged him more interest. Oh, okay. The loans got paid off in full. The banks got paid back. That's what happened. The banks got paid back. Did he overinflate? Very possibly. I'll go so far as to say yes. I don't care what a ju- this judge found. This fix was in, as people like Andrew McCarthy had been writing about for a while now. We already knew what was going to come. It was just a question of when it was going to come. We knew this would be the decision. So nothing about this decision is surprising. What is surprising is the number of people who are thrilled by it. I can't believe, Representative Benny Thompson, that there are so many American citizens out there who are desperate to be authoritarians and go after individuals and really want to be like Stalin's main guy, show me the man and I'll show you the crime. Laventry Beria. Show me the man and I'll show you the crime. That is no way to run a country. Yet that is exactly the way New York runs itself. I'm going to run for office to go after a specific guy, and I'm going to decide that there was a crime where no one got injured. I'm willing to bet you all the money in my pocket against all the money in your pocket that Donald Trump is not the first person to embellish on a form to get a loan. As a matter of fact, I am willing to bet all the money in my pocket against all the money in your pocket that that happens all the time. Get it, you nit! Listen to me. It happens all the time. It happens every single day. People lie when filling out a form and then put themselves in a position on that form to look better financially than they really are. I'm willing to bet that that happens all the time. He's crazy. If I'm so crazy, Olaf, then why don't you explain to me the entire implosion that took place in the real estate market? Why don't you explain to me subprime loans? Why don't you explain the CDOs? Explain to me how a custodian making $42,000 a year afforded a $750,000 house. Either no one cared or someone lied. These are your options. And I'm not saying that someone didn't care. As a matter of fact, that could very well be the answer. The banks that were loaning to Donald Trump didn't give a good, holy damn about what he put on the paper. All they wanted to do was be in business with Donald Trump. And someone said, hey, there's an issue with a couple of things that he wrote on here. And somebody else said, Tommy, come in here. Come in here. Let me explain to you what's going on. And then Tommy went in the room with so-and-so from the bank, some very, very fancy guy, three-piece suit. And when they came out of the room, Tommy said, we got to approve this loan. This guy's perfect. And you're like, what happened in there? 
that the bank wanted to be in business with Trump and they were going to say yes to anything. If you told me that Trump didn't pay back the loans, you'd have a conversation. But he did pay back the loans. The argument is he got too good of a deal. What do you mean he got too good of a deal? You mean like Chris Dodd did with Countrywide Mortgage? Oh, I'm sorry, too soon? No? Yeah, okay. I didn't think it was too soon. I thought it was I thought it was a good time to bring that up. So no crime because no one got injured. There was no injury that took place. I absolutely concede that he most probably embellished without question. But to say that he intended to defraud he paid back the loan. And so a judge, Arthur Engeron, says you owe $355 million and you are not allowed to do business in New York for three years. Uh, Trump is going to appeal this decision by challenging the definition of fraud. I don't know how this is going to to play out. We're going to get some more information about this. What I think is important here is a part two. And by the way, if you had said to me that you embellished and therefore X, that'd be one thing. $355 million is radical in every single situation. But let's talk about the not doing business in New York for three years. Because some people think this is going to damage New York. Certainly, there are guys out there saying, well, we're not going to do business with New York. This is a, a, a trucker. Hey, folks, your old pal Chicago Ray. Uh, I've been on the radio talking, talking to drivers for about the last hour, hour 15 minutes. And uh, I'm talking to at least 10 drivers going the other way. I'm heading down from South Wisconsin. And uh, they're going to start refusing loads in New York City starting on Monday. All right? Uh, I got about three drivers that I drive with. They already vibrated the boss and told them they ain't going to New York City. So I, I don't know uh, how far across the country this is or how many truckers are going to start denying loads to go to going to New York City but I'll tell you what and what he tells you is blank around and find out truckers won't drop things off now I don't know if this is going to be the case or not I don't know but right now in New York they're concerned that this is going to have an effect on businesses who say I can't do business here someone wants to go after me next how in the world do I do business here the governor, Kathy Hochul, is saying, well, this is, look, this is a very, very rare situation regarding one business owner. No, this is about an ideological group of people who don't believe in the rule of law, but believe in attacking those who politically disagree with them. 
That's what this is about. And let us be clear about something. For all those people who hate Trump, Letitia James, Governor Kathy Hochul, name, name, your, name your leftist politico. They've done nothing for New York. You know what Trump did? Built a skyline. You know what Trump did? Built a tax base. You know what Trump did? Created jobs. You know what Trump did? Fixed the, the skating rink. The ice skating rink that nobody could fix. He fixed it. Trump has created jobs. Trump has created a tax base. Trump has created opportunity because he's an egomaniacal freak who wants to see his name in gold high on top the skyline. Nothing I said isn't true. And you just threw that guy out. It is my hope that he says goodbye and starts building in other places and helps them build. But if you think what happened was justice in New York, you believe in the kind of justice that Vladimir Putin believes in. You took the man, you found the crime, and no one's better off. I'm Tony Katz. No word yet on whether or not Fonnie Willis is going to keep her gig, at least on this case regarding Trump. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. One could assume that it's possible and, and, and probable. But I don't know if you heard her father talking about, oh, I always taught my daughter to keep cash. It's a black thing. I got, I, I, don't, I don't have time. I need to get into it because no, it's not. No. I Oh, I am prepared for the fight. I know this because my father is not black and he has taught me the same things. I'll get into it. This is Tony Katz today.